You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. Borderline Personality Disorder with Professor Dr. Gamse Ostermas. Hello, this is Gamse Ostermas from Bashkent University. Today I would like to discuss some of the important aspects of psychotherapy with borderline personality disorder patients. Um, I think few disorders in psychiatry would warrant a need for special considerations for the emotional reactions they generate in the clinicians who treat them and in the patients who are treated because of them. Borderline personality disorder is unique in its capacity to stir up affects that overwhelm patients and clinicians. In the best of circumstances, the feelings activated in the treatment of borderline personality disorder patients provide crucial data about the patient's internal world that may help to resolve a treatment impasse. In the worst of circumstances, the counter-transference evoked in the treatment may compel clinicians to pursue ill-advised courses of action that result in unethical uh, boundary transgressions by the therapist or suicide attempts by the patient. It is generally accepted that borderline patients receive fragmented, inconsistent, unreliable and reactive rather than proactive treatment within most psychiatric services. This is a result of uh, inadequacies in the services themselves and of the way that borderline patients interact with those services, both of which are closely linked to transference and counter-transference issues. For example, patients commonly demand immediate help when distressed. This is rarely forthcoming and so their behavior escalates with threats of suicide, self-harm, or violence. Initially, these may be resisted by mental health professionals, but gradually, almost imperceptibly, staff reactions become inconsistent and driven by panic, with some offering interventions such as hospital admission, whilst others refuse to consider it. In effect, services become unpredictable to the patient mirroring the unstable self with which the patient is struggling and reinforcing unconstructive ways of managing crisis. Just as the patient feels in danger of fragmenting, so the service splinters into uncoordinated bits of care with no stable core. Instead of presenting a view of the internal world of the patient, which is stable and coherent, a major aim of our treatment, so that it may be adopted as the reflective part of the patient's self, a chaotic and inconsistent view is offered, which leads to confusion and further panic in the patient. Although establishing an alliance is important in all types of treatments for patients with all types of presenting problems, it is of fundamental importance in working with individuals with borderline personality disorder. For a complex set of reasons, many of these patients have generally lost their faith, not only in their caregivers, spouses and other 
important people, but also in the world itself as a place of expectable and manageable contingencies. Therefore, forming an alliance is often difficult because troubled and greatly fluctuating interpersonal attitudes and behaviors associated with borderline personality disorder may also infuse the patient's engagement with the clinician, possibly thwarting the potential helpfulness of the therapist. An important contributor to such occasions are the primitive defenses of borderline patients, particularly splitting and projective identification, which produce a kaleidoscopic array of complex and chaotic transferences in the therapeutic setting. Their proclivity for defensive splitting, as well as their vulnerability to suicide, rises from instability of the representational self. This instability makes it impossible to maintain consistently a sense of self and object separateness, and it drives the intense transference and counter-transference phenomena that make these patients' treatment and psychotherapy so taxing and painful to both patient and therapist. As these varying configurations of self and object representations parade before the therapist, they are further complicated by accompanying affect states that are unusually intense and raw, often inducing in therapists a feeling that they are trapped in a life and death struggle. Because they are so sensitive to the clinician's choice of words and nonverbal nuances, they are able to evoke a sense of walking on eggshells as though the margin of error is very narrow indeed. Borderline patients seem to have the peculiar ability to inflict a specific form of sweet suffering on their clinicians. They themselves have suffered throughout their lives and it is important to them to have their clinicians or therapists suffer for them. They seem to demand that the clinician abandon the professional therapeutic role so that whoever attempts to treat them must share in their misery. An important variable hindering the treatment of patients with borderline personality disorder is the loss of the as-if nature of the transference. The loss of the as-if nature of the transference is because patients with BPD often have great difficulty shifting from the psychic equivalence mode, the mode that the individual assumes that perceptions of reality are identical to the reality itself, to the pretend mode, the mode that the individual understands that one's perception is influenced by subjective factors. This difficulty interferes with patients' capacity to recognize transparency in psychotherapy. They often hold on to their perception as an absolute fact rather than viewing it as one of several possible alternatives. 
One of the greatest challenges for a psychotherapist is managing this almost delusional conviction of some patients with borderline personality disorder that their perception is a direct reflection of reality rather than a representation of reality based on their internal beliefs, in feelings and past experiences. This failure to mentalize may make it extremely difficult for them to work on transference issues because they are convinced that their view of the therapist is correct rather than one of a number of possible interpretations of the therapist's behavior, facial expression, or comments. Gabbard et al. research in the Menninger Clinic Treatment Interventions Project found that transparency interpretation may need to be postponed under such circumstances until the patient's ability to reflect returns. On the other hand, it is important to keep in mind that patients with borderline personality disorder colonize the minds of others as a way of extruding and controlling perceived dangers from within. They unconsciously coerce the therapist into taking on the characteristics of an abusive internal object. Accordingly, the abuser-victim paradigm is repeatedly enacted in the analytic setting. The borderline patient's inner world represents an extreme manifestation of self and object configurations and defenses that reside within all of us. We are all capable of hate, rage and even murder given the necessary circumstances. Winnicott, in his classic paper on countertransference hate, spoke of an objective form of countertransference in which the therapist reacted to the patient in a specific manner evoked by the patient that was consistent across all people who interacted with the patient. According to this schema, certain patients might consistently induce feelings of hate in other people that reflect more about the patient than about the therapist's or other person's past. No report about treating borderline personality disorder can fail to note the strong countertransference responses that such patients evoked and the frequency with which those responses are destructive to therapies of all kinds. A common development is that a patient will behave in such a way as to infuriate and exasperate the therapist. At the very moment the therapist is wishing the patient would disappear, the patient may accuse the therapist of not caring and disliking the patient. Such accusations may create feelings in therapists that they have been found out. Under such conditions, therapists may reproach themselves for their lack of professionalism and attempt to make amends to their patients by professing undying devotion. Intimately related to guilt feelings are the evocation of rescue fantasies in the therapist. Borderline patients often present themselves like orphaned waves of, out of a Dickens novel, who therefore need the therapist to serve as a good mother or father to make up for the bad or absent 
parent responsible for victimizing the child. The patient's need for help and the treater's membership in a helping profession ordinarily provide a salutary and symmetrical reciprocity, but one that is not immune to distortion or miscarriage. So this is the risk of boundary violations in the treatment of borderline personality disorder patients, which should be remembered at all times. The basic wish to help and heal, unfortunately, may inspire efforts that, no matter how well intended, transgress professional boundaries in problematic ways. The patient's transferential neediness and dependency may evoke a counter-transferential need in the therapist to rescue, save, or heal the patient at any cost. Wishes to save the patient from anxiety, depression, or suicide are common stimuli to boundary violations in the name of rescue. The practice guideline for the treatment of patients with borderline personality disorder stresses four basic points relating to patients with borderline personality disorder and boundaries. The therapist should 1. Monitor countertransference carefully. 2. Be alert to the deviations from usual practice, which we call red flags. 3. Always avoid boundary violations. And four, obtain consultation for striking deviations from the usual manner of practice. In sum, because of their own difficulties with boundaries, their capacity to evoke powerful countertransference reactions, and the particular elements of their interpersonal style, patients with borderline personality disorder pose some of the most noteworthy examples of boundary problems and challenges to clinicians to maintain proper limits. For all the reasons mentioned so far, it is an important aspect for of caring for borderline personality disorder patients that clinicians not work alone. The need for supervision, consultation, case discussions, and communication with colleagues are all safeguards against transference and counter-transference enactments. These interactions with other clinical professionals also provide a type of supportive relief that transforms such reactions into understandable, commonplace, and clinical valuable experiences. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.